Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 50. With us is Chantal Nordelos, the award-winning science fiction and horror author who is best known for her Coyote series, her Lucifer Fall series, and her Even Hell Has Standard series. And so glad, so glad you're here, Chantal. This is exciting. Um, and your 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 book series, uh, you have a huge amount of fans who are who are waiting for your books to come out. And and right now you have so far each each of your series has about two books out so far. Correct? Yes, right? that's my sweet spot. Apparently, sweet spot. There, there will be more, but. <laughs> That's when I start a new series, just to complicate my life a little. <laughs> and I know, and on your website, it looks like you you are working on uh, another another uh, uh, another coyote uh, another yes. coyote series called R Rip Walker, and and I know you're working on another Lucifer Falls series called Angel Tower. Correct? Yes. So okay, and I, I I actually wrote Rip Walker. And then I read it again. And I, what, what I do, I uh, use speech to text. So I listen to my own work. And I was listening to it and about halfway through. I thought, I hate it. I hate every second of what I wrote. I'm going to redo the whole thing. I do that a lot. This is, this is my, 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 my bane of writing. I'm the rewriter from hell. And I have so many books that are actually finished. And I'm like, it's not quite there yet. So... It, it's a curse. It's a curse. It's, it's a, a curse. curse. <laughs> yeah. So, so before we kind of get, we jump in and, and talking about your style and your books and your series and how you build these worlds. Um, do you want to kind of give the viewers and the listeners kind of a background on how you started getting into writing? Yes. Um, when I was very young, I hated writing. And uh, when I um, was 15, I had an English teacher who told me this year we're going to do a lot of creative writing. And my first reaction was, I don't want to do this. The thing is, um, he actually got me into writing. And from that year on, I knew I wanted to be a writer. So when I graduated uh, from uh, uh, IB, I went to England and I went to the Norwich School of Art and Design and my major was creative writing. Uh, and then from there, I actually came back to Holland and I became a school teacher for seven years. But the writing was always there. And I, uh, I did it as a hobby until uh, 2012, I think it was. And I thought, you know what? I really want to become that writer that I always uh, long to be. So I took this huge step. I quit my job. And I became a writer and it was very overwhelming to begin with because I had this idea that all I had to do is I would find this agent and I would write these pearly books. And trust me, my books were awful to begin with. I had a lot to learn um, and they would just get me started and all I would ever have to do is write books and it would be magical. And then I met reality like a steamroller that squished me and I realized that um, first of all finding an agent is extremely difficult especially in today's market and um, I ended up just finding other writer friends and writing short stories that's how I started and I got my short stories published, which was super exciting. Um, and then I got a little bit of a reputation after a while. And uh, the small press people uh, would 
come to me and say, hey, you know, want to write something for my anthology and uh, or people would go like, OK, uh, you know, there's a new anthology coming out and it sounds like it's something up your alley. You know, you should submit to it. And um, often for small press, my stories would be picked, which was nice and gave me a nice little confident boost. And then at one point I decided to write Coyote which uh, for me was actually a role-play character. I'm, I'm hugely into D&D &D and this was uh, Deadlands uh, character. And I decided, you know, this is a fun character. I really, I like to play this. I have a lot of background for this character and I have a lot of sort of affinity with this character. I'm going to write a very short novel, uh, which wasn't officially a novel yet. It was more of a big novella. Um, and that was Coyote. And I published that and it did reasonably well. And uh, I, I did the publishing through my husband because I, I, I can't publish. It's very difficult to do so. Um, and he, uh, he took over from that. But then after um, I wrote Angel Manor and I got that published and I wrote, um, uh, I, I bundled my short stories and added a few extra for Deeply Twisted. I decided Coyote, I wanted to do more with that and I wanted to make a proper novel out of it and I had all these ideas for like five books that I wanted to bring out and um, I decided to do a bit of rewriting and add some more things so the book became twice as big and really bring it out there on the market as a, a novel series. So that's how self-publishing works for me. Uh, it's, it's, it's difficult but uh, it's kind of nice because you have a lot of freedom with self-publishing a lot more than you do when you have a publisher and um, it's it's um, I take very seriously and that's something you know I, I want to get into later as well when we're talking about you know what it's like uh, for for new authors to publish and what you should do and my tips and things like that but one of the things I really want to sort of say beforehand you know take it seriously because as soon as you start selling your work you become a professional so it's all nice and dandy when you're uh, writing work uh, as a hobby which is fine you know you can do whatever you want but as soon as you start selling it you have customers that means that you have to treat them with a certain amount of respect and make sure that you put out a professional product as well so that's that's what we did or at least i hope we did so yeah that that, that was my writing past and um uh, i have to work a little bit harder on the publishing side again because i've written several novels and that i haven't published yet because they haven't met my own standards yet. <laughs> so I'm still working on them. So I have uh, two that are actually written that I need to find a home for that I'm still not sure if I want to self-publish them or if I want to find like a small press uh, for them, which is uh, Illyria and Celestials, which Celestials is another series. And Celestials actually ties in with Angel Manor. Uh, and the Lucifer Fall series, so uh, which makes it even more complicated. But because because I changed so much in Doll Manor, I actually messed up not just one series but two. So that's interesting. 
and you and and you mentioned before that you know you're playing the the tabletop role playing game Deadlands, yes. which kind of inspired Coyote. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, and where did you get your inspiration for your other major series that is the acclaimed series of of the okay. Lucifer Falls? Well, the uh, Lucifer Falls, uh, because I I was already writing Celestials, uh, I wanted to do something in that world. And what happened um, during one of the Women in Horror months, which uh, I love and dread at the same time, because uh, not the kindest people come out during the Women in Horror month. And that's what happened to me. Somebody basically said, women can't write horror really scary horror you can only write you know twilight type of things which are basically romance in with vampires or whatever and i found that really offensive because i always thought i write really scary things and um i thought okay you know he said women can't go all the way they always hold back so i decided i'm gonna write something that I'm not going to hold back in. I'm going to write something that is awful. And I did. Uh, one of my reviews, I think it was four or five stars. The only thing they said was, ew. And I thought, see, <laughs> mission accomplished. I can write really horrible things. And uh, I often write, when, when I sign books, I, I often write, I'm very sorry for chapter 22. Um, those of you who read my book you'll get it that's absolutely the most horrifying thing i've ever written i think um uh, but i decided to go all out and what i wanted to do i wanted to use tropes i wanted to use scary nuns i wanted to use angels i i, I think i was a little bit inspired by the weeping angels from doctor who because i love oh, that really yeah. sort of spooky kind of vibe uh, going on um and I wanted to break those tropes. And I'm, I'm not going to say too much about the book because I don't want to give any spoilers. But um, I really wanted to have uh, that moment of, oh, did not see that coming. And some people said they did see it coming, which, you know, cool, that's fine. I, I did do a lot of hiding of the gun. Um, and some people were completely blown away, like, oh my God, I had no idea that was gonna happen. So I, I think I, I managed to do what I wanted to set out to do. And especially on the whole gross part, I think part the, the second book is a lot less gross than the first one. The first one I, I just went to town with. And the, the funny thing is I'm an extremely squeamish person. People like think it's hilarious that I'm a horror writer because I'm the kind of person, not only am I scared of everything, I mean, I'm scared of the dark. I'm 44 years old and I'm still scared of the dark and I'm, I'm scared of everything. But I think that is exactly why I love writing horror so much because it's so easy for me to think of scary things because I'm scared of everything. And and the if if I know I'm being successful in writing a really gory scene when I need to take a break because I feel like okay I'm gonna pass out if I keep going. So that that's my my own sort of guideline. I have to freak myself out and then I'm cool with it. So that that's what I do. And and also about the even hell has standards, which is kind of a you said it's kind of a novella, but it's also like a, a collection of short stories as well. Yes. And had, was that because you wrote those? Uh, your first one was in 2014. That was yeah. around the same time. So in 2014, you wrote three books. Yeah, three books I were published. Didn't super active. I I have still written a lot of things, but I got a little bit less secure about publishing them. So with uh, um. 
Also, I had to take it a bit slower because I went through this workaholic phase that was probably 2014, um, uh, where I spent about probably about 80 hours a week just writing and I was neglecting my family a little bit and I decided I needed to find more of a balance between writing and my normal life. So um, that was also very important because I was so passionate about everything and because I was just, you know, I had like a million ideas. And, um, now I'm taking it a little bit slower and I'm really seeing like, what do I want to say and what are the stories I want to tell? And even Hell Has Standards is a difficult series for me because I, that is the series where I work with uh, real human monsters, which means I'm not just going for the scare. I'm, I'm really digging into the horribleness of humanity and it hurts me to write it. I love when I do, but I dig into taboos and things that are incredibly hard to research. I mean, Wrath, which is the second novella in that series, uh, the main character is a child bride and um, she gets abused and um, she is threatened uh, with female circumcision if she doesn't sort of comply to her husband, which was really hard to write. I wanted to write it and I wanted to break that taboo, but I mean, I cried writing that because, you know, I'm emotional. Um, and when I write that, I am not the most cheery person to be around. So that's another one of those things where I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do this when I feel a little bit stronger to write this because uh, especially Lost is one that I'm really not looking forward to writing, but I really want to get on paper one day because I'm going to work with pedophilia and lovely topics like that. But that, that's that's what that series is about. You know, it, it, it doesn't pull any punches. And in a way, it's actually even more horrible than the gore in Angel Manor because at least that's very just fictional and here right. i'm trying to go for realism and uh, it's uh tough and, and you've kind of already established that you're going to make seven books out of this yep because of yep. yeah yep. do you have something in in mind where how many how many book how many series are going to be in your coyote series how many books do you plan on five for that five five yep and Angel, uh, the Lucifer Falls, I keep calling it Angel Manor because that's where I started with. Uh, Lucifer Falls is going to have three. So the, okay. the next one's going to be the last one. Yeah. And that's it. Okay. It'd be a trilogy, Angel Tower. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. and do you have, so let me ask you too, is that, is that the, your, so for instance, you know, talking about Lucifer Falls and, and Coyote, do you notice that you have, the genres are different. And yeah. do you see that you have, is there any cross pollination between your readers or do you have two separate groups of readers that are? That um, I, I have, I definitely have just horror readers. Uh, mm -hmm. I do have a lot of cross pollination and uh, I do see that some people prefer one series over the other, but I, I do notice that people will try uh, both, series so it's a bit 
Um, I think I have more cross-pollination than I don't. So I, I think that is a good thing. I think a lot of people just want to read my work uh, mm. rather than just a genre. So it, it is, but th there are also people that really hate horror and don't go there. But most of my readers do like a horror thing. So right. that, that's definitely a better seller. <laughs> and do you see that you have, because uh, you mentioned too, as a writer, that you really started getting into these anthologies and it kind of started giving you a name. Do you see uh, an advice for um, any readers, any writers that are starting is to go ahead and do that or go right away? self-publish what would you think would be a better no. to get that your foot in the door don't immediately self-publish first uh get some stuff out there and get some feedback and work with other people it's really important mm. because uh one of the things that i find really important you need to find people that are going to be critical around you and by uh bringing your work to for other people to publish you're going to find people that aren't just going to tell you how wonderful you are if you're going to uh, be a writer and especially if you're going to self-publish you're going to need people that aren't going to tell you the sun shines out of your backside really mm. you really need to be able to deal with criticism because uh criticism to writers is like water is to professional swimmers you need to be able to deal with that if you can't deal with that seriously just write for fun don't get your work out there people are going to cri like criticize your work um and you want that because you want to improve and i see too many people that are just putting their work out there and it's it's not um it, it's not worthy of our profession to not mm. take it very seriously what you need to do is you need to uh, uh, start learning who you can work with because if you're going to publish that doesn't mean that you get to write a book and just put it on amazon and that's it no you're going to need an editor and i don't care if you are the world's best editor if you are the master of the english language i don't care if people bow to you when you pass them because you are such a wonderful like english native speaker writer whatever you still need an editor because you're not going to see certain things you are blind to your own writing so you're not going to see that you repeat words a little bit too often you're not going to see that um you might get the grammar perfectly but you might not get the feel of the book perfectly and editors point that out to you as well and they will tell you that you've been reusing a word a lot or that your character's eye color changed halfway through the book which it's happened to me and even sometimes your editors will miss that and then your readers will point it out to you which is fun too um things like that you need to show people that are professional what you've written and you have to pay them for it as well it's it's not cheap to publish self-published books it's mm. you you need a good cover uh uh you need to if you're not good at formatting you need to get somebody to do that for you because otherwise it's going to be really difficult to read your book and that's not what you want so get yourself out there get to know the writer's world get to know other writers get inspiration from them uh get to know publishers get to know what readers want get your own readers base because that's how i got my readers because people read me in other people's anthologies and were like hey i really like your story 
do you have more work? So that's how you get there. And you can't do this by yourself. And I know there's people out there that are saying that you can, but they're lying. So you need to surround yourself with professional people. And you need to be very, very critical about those people as well. Because I have had editors that edited my work and I looked at it. I was like, okay, you made it worse. I, I, I don't agree with what is going on. And I, I've had right. a bit of a scandal about that as well, which ended up okay. But I, I did not have the best experience with that. And um, it's one of the reasons why I'm a little bit more careful with publishing as well, because I've had a, a bit of a bad experience in that department. So you have to be really careful. And there are, uh, and you have to be careful with the publishers as well, because there's people out there that do not have writer's best interest at heart. They're just looking to make money from you. And you need to make sure that if you're gonna publish with someone that they hire editors and that they have professional people as well. Because I've, I've been in places where I thought, oh, hindsight 2020, I wish I hadn't published with that person. But you know, it is what it is. And uh, I'm happy where I am now. I, I'd like to be even further, but hopefully, I'm still on that path, but it's it's a scary world out there. And um, if you publish um, little bits out there, it's a really valuable life lesson and you will find really good people as well and people that will help you and people that will introduce you to other people. And um, writers are really, there's so many really generous writers out there that have a base and, that will introduce you to other readers because instead of being each other's competition we actually help each other because it's not about oh you either read my book or your book readers tend to read a lot of books so they'll read my book and your book so if we work together then my readers will discover you as well and your readers will discover me and that's how a lot of authors work i mean especially the horror community i have met so many fantastic writers fantastic people that are just so kind and really have helped me and hopefully i got to do the same for them or for other people we do the paid forward as well so it is good to get stuck in that community and be kind to others and have them be kind to you so it's, it's important mm. now you mentioned like the editor piece now is there for for someone that's starting that someone is starting is beta readers um replace an editor or are they mutually exclusive or you need both or how does that you work? you need both you need both and you need to find uh, uh people that are willing to be mean and i'm mm. i'm talking mean uh when i have uh i've had several better readers and i've had people that would just tell me okay your novel is just it's so wonderful and i was like okay that's lovely and uh as soon as my novels are finished you'll be the first one to get a copy and you write me a lovely review but i don't want you as a better reader anymore because you're too nice to me and i don't want this i want you to tell me everything that you hate i want you to go like okay this character is just freaking annoying or 
you know, uh, this character is just unrealistic or what you're saying here. And there will be times where I don't agree with my better reader and then I'll get a second opinion. It's good to have more than one better reader. Uh, don't get too many because that gets confusing because people have different tastes. And they. I've had uh, things where they say like, oh, oh, the grandfather was the most wonderful character. And the other better readers said, oh, I don't care for the grandfather. So and you're like, okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to replace this character? Am I going to keep them? What am I going to do? So uh, that can be difficult too. But what you do, what I do, my process is I write, then I rewrite until I see blue face. Then I'm like, okay, this is ready for another person to read it. And then I send it to my two better readers and they're wonderful. They are super critical and they tend to, you know, my, my, my pages bleed. That's what I say when they come back, there's just red notes everywhere. Like, oh, don't do this or don't do that or things like that. Um, then I critically read their notes and see which I can use and which I can't. Then I send it to an editor and they will uh, really just break down my whole manuscript again and sometimes i get things back like with uh dull manner and it's like sorry but you're gonna have to rewrite a lot of this because it, like like i said in dull manner uh, the critique was there was too much storyline and it became mm. way too confusing and um so I, I i i tore that apart which was hard and painful painful for me to do but in the end i'm glad i did it after that, I send it to another editor who checks if everything is okay, if all the, you know, the, the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, so to speak. And then uh, my publisher goes over it uh, again and reads it again. So this thing gets a lot of edits. Like with my editor, when I work with my editor, it's not just, oh, I send it to, to my editor, to her. I usually work with Lisa Lane, who's absolutely amazing um she sends it back to me i send it back to her i get with just as many red marks in it i get it back again and we go back and forth for like seven times maybe before we're satisfied with that and then the last editor it's usually one more edit that i have to do and then it's just done but i edit this uh, when i work with my writing i think i spend about 15 percent of my time actually writing and the rest is just editing research and everything else so it's not just you know oh i have this lovely story here you go and now it's a book it doesn't work like that. Not not if you're trying to do it seriously. So it's it's hard work. It is a lot harder than a lot of people think. Mm. And you you mentioned before we went on the air that that Angel Tower. Now you're trying to have to rewrite that because you cut so much stuff out of out of out of Doll Manor. Now, do you have? Oh, go ahead. We're gonna say. Yeah, I I actually I destroyed several actual characters that I completely <laughs> took out, which were crucial to the last book, and I was like. I don't know how I can fix this. So I'm, I'm going to have to come up with something. <laughs> and so did you have something in mind, like with your, with, for example, with Coyote, did you have a lot of editing or the, did the storyline go a different direction because of beta readers as well? And how much yes. did you have to change? Uh, I, I changed quite a lot with that as well, because what I did for all the series, that's what I always do. I write out uh, the beginning, the middle and the end. So I know where I'm going and everything in between that 
can change a lot. Uh, with Coyote, I have an idea of the uh, the ending still. Uh, with Angel Manor or with with the Lucifer Falls series, I, I really don't anymore. So that that's a bit uh, difficult. But with Coyote, I kind of know where I want to go, and I know what what characters I want to introduce into the several books. But sometimes when you're writing, um, you get a better idea. It just happens. And you think, oh, this was great, but what I'm thinking of now is better. And I, I kind of want to take that path. And you can write yourself into a corner with that. So it, it is very difficult. And what's also very difficult is um, keeping a storyline going. Um, writing series, I don't know why I keep doing it, because it's awful. It is absolutely awful. You have to... Um, uh, one of the things that I struggled with with Dull Manor is after everything that happened in Angel Manor, how am I going to keep my main character functioning? Because she's pretty traumatized, you know? She's lost everything, and her life is a living hell. So the first, like, was draft I wrote... Yes, the Freya, first draft yeah. I wrote, she was just depressing. And my better reader said, I don't know what happened to your character, but she sucks. So you're going to have to do something about that because I just wanted to punch her. And I was like, yeah, but I need to, to be realistic because, you know, you don't go, la, 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 all this death, yay, you know. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, but, you know, it's still fiction. She's a downer. And I'm like, okay. So I tried to find a middle ground where I gave her moments of levity as well as being a bit of a downer because, you know, that's what you're supposed to do be a little bit if you have a lot of trauma but it's it's tough it's tough to um it's it's all really lovely if you have it all worked out on paper until you start writing and you really have to get into those characters and you're suddenly thinking you know what i didn't think this part through so yeah, yeah. writing series would not recommend it <laughs> so do you see yourself as a right being the writer do you see yourself directing and managing or do you see yourself kind of like being a translator between uh the the characters and the beta readers almost to a point where you as you said it's who's steering the ship here is it the characters or is it i mean this is how many times i i, I guess i'm asking too many questions at once i guess the question is what do you see your role as in this as the author as compared it's, to it's not unlike being a primary school teacher where you have this wonderful notion of how you want your class to run uh, except that your kids don't always want what you want so you're trying to like make them stick to the rules and sometimes that works and sometimes you're like okay i have to be strict now and we're gonna have to stick with with the idea that i have and mm -hmm. sometimes you have to go with it. So uh, there's this thing, what they say about writers, are you a plotter or a pantser? And plotting just means, do you write everything out beforehand? And pantsing is just flying by the seat of your pants. Hmm. I don't think anyone should be a completely full pantser because you can tell in books. And often books that are completely pantsed are, hmm. uh, have very weird endings because the writer didn't think it through. But I'm a bit of a com combination of the two. So I know where I'm going with my story. I know what I kind of want to do. But um, there are moments where the characters take over from me. And I do end up being a little bit like of a referee between my readers <laughs> or my better readers and <laughs> and my characters. So, and Do you have... So, so let me ask you a, a bit about this too. Is like when you set it up, because as you mentioned earlier, Coyote 
because kind of was inspired from playing Deadlands. So that was kind of based off of a, a character concept. When you made Lucifer Falls, when you was that a did you have a did you start off with a character idea or did you have a a, a world that you you thought of? Because you mentioned that it was it was based off of the Celestials originally, correct? Yeah. I knew what the ending was going to be. That's where okay. I started. I knew okay, how well. I was going to end this. I was like, okay, this is, I wanted to write a, a haunted house story. Because uh, okay, yeah. I, I just, I don't know, I just love haunted house stories. And uh, I, I do a lot of DMing uh, when we role play. And I love to use the innominate system which is mm -hmm. uh, also very angels and demons, which is one of my favorite topics ever. Um, and uh, I wanted, I do a lot of haunted house in my role playing. So I wanted to do something that has that effect what I have on my players when I, mm -hmm. when I uh, DM. And I knew the ending, I knew why the house was haunted. That was, the, so I had the beginning quite fast and I had the ending and I thought, okay, but what else, you know, there's going to be a whole bit in the middle. So the rest was not so much stories as characters that I had to just develop. That's just basically what happens. You know, mm -hmm. you, you get to travel along with these characters and only like towards the end, do you really know what's going on with the book? And in the beginning, I sort of give some hints at what's going on. So yeah, that's, that's how it went. Did you, so let me ask you, being a, you know, being a game master, do you ever try to test out storylines in a game? Uh, it's usually the other way around where I have okay. a really cool story in the game. I'm like, I could turn this into a book. <laughs> so I'm, I, as a DM, I'm a complete pantser. I'm somebody who doesn't prepare games at all. I have a concept in my head, sometimes not even that, and I just go with it. I because I like to feel how my players are doing and I love to sort of uh, play into their experience and their emotions and I like to get to know my players really well so that I, I could really work with their fears but also what they like and things like that. I've, I've done more than just normal DM. I've also organized LARP events which is okay. live action role play. Yeah so I've, I've organized a lot of those and I like to put a little bit of horror in that as well and uh, it's a lot of work but it's so satisfying to see people bring your fantasy, your role to life. A friend of mine, uh, Kunda Moore, actually once said to me, he's like, how does it feel watching all of us just running around in your imagination? And it's, <laughs> it's awesome. It is an awesome feeling. Now talk to us a bit about when you, when you, when you put together, when you put together Lucifer Falls and, 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 uh, and Coyote is, did you have to, because you mentioned before that you know you did a, in doing a lot of research on certain things, and I th now maybe I think I read it or do okay, now now I'm getting mixed up with my research or before we talked where you spent hours just to get down one sentence. So it's it, I am so guilty of that. I remember <laughs> the worst one of the worst researches I did was looming for one sentence. I'm I'm not kidding you. I wanted to describe this looming process and I actually ended up watching YouTube videos for 20 minutes and trust me looming is not the most interesting process to look at. <laughs> but I just well, I needed to describe it and I'm like how am I going to describe this? I know nothing about looming. I I am researching things 
constantly just to get a sentence. I, I even do things like I will find photographs of something so I can stare at it, so I can like get a feeling from how does this look and how can I describe this? So it's just, that's what I do. <laughs> no, because when when you when you set up when you when you set up your stories, how much research did you do in the actual world building? Like, how does the supernatural work? How is the mythos connected and all that? And it's it's difficult because you get a lot of conflicting information. So mm. at one point, uh, you're going to have to pick what you want to use but i do do a lot of uh, my my research is very google based so i'm not as in depth as people that have actual books that describe things that go a lot deeper than the things but i've used things like actual spells or things like that in books just because you know i i want to make things as authentic as i can and mm. Sometimes you research something and somebody who knows a lot more about it will go like, well, that's not right. So there are moments where if I'm not too sure about it, I'll ask like Facebook, like, okay, does anyone know about this? Or can you tell me something about it? And uh, I, I love to talk to people uh, if, if I talk about professions or, you know, whatever, to talk to people who actually know what they're talking about and who can tell me like, well, this is realistic or this is not realistic. Or, I mean, recently um, I asked some questions uh, about, you know, American American states like or any like special things in your state that you know you can like special foods or whatever things that I should bring bring up because it, it is it can be very daunting to uh, place a um, a story somewhere where you've never been I mean wrath mm. uh, is a perfect example it's in Nigeria I've never been to Nigeria I I don't know anything about Nigerian customs so here's me just trying to find out as much as I can from freaking Google which <laughs> is not always the most reliable source you know but it, it, I, I do try so I try mm. to make it as realistic as possible mm. So now the 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 big meta question here is 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 this a shared universe? Like is Coyote like the great great grandmother of of Freya, or do you have have you thought about is there uh, there is a shared universe? It's not with Coyote, although there is. Uh, I actually have a short story uh, that uh, one of my first published stories. I cannot tell you the title this is how bad i am with remembering my own work but i actually the the coyote universe started in the future and uh the whole rip walking is actually yeah. something that i started with another um uh, series because my character coyote uh in in when i was role playing had nothing to do with rip walking but i wrote this story and i thought oh this is so cool i can really do something with this world and what if i instead of making it in the future did a steampunk thing and made it wild west and then i thought oh i could use coyote for this because my my character coyote was always really popular and i used to do drawings of her and people would do all these fan art drawings of her and i was like okay she's always been loved why not write a book about her and use this this concept but angel manor the lucifer fall series is definitely part of a bigger reality there's going to be a celestial series yes a series again i don't know why i keep doing this <laughs> But um, the characters in that, and I've had some short stories 
that I'm absolutely uh, using for that as well. One of my stories, Soul Man, this is one of my personal favorite stories that I wrote. That character also is part of this sort of meta universe that I'm working with. So yeah, I'm absolutely tying books in together. And people that read all of my books will start noticing things like, hey, oh my, my God, you know, this character is actually part of that world as well. So yeah. That's what I was going to ask you. Are you going to be, are you going to, are you deliberately like hiding little Easter eggs inside yep. your stories? Okay. I, I absolutely do that. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's fun to so, do. And so right now you're working on, so your, your latest book, what doll manor came out just last year. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and right and, now I'm, I'm working on uh, a horror book called got your tongue. So that's the book okay. I'm working on currently. So that's, uh, I was very inspired by uh, Stephen King for this. Um, I have a bit of a, a love-hate relationship with Stephen King. Now, I wouldn't say hate because I don't hate anything that he writes, but he, um, I love his concepts, but he doesn't always um, leave me, oh God, this sounds really sexual. I'm sorry about this, but he doesn't leave me satisfied when I'm finished with his novels. His his endings tend to be a little bit too weird for me. I remember reading it and I love the concept of it. And I, I ended up Googling whether or not Stephen King used to take drugs. That That's how I felt about that book. Because it was so good, but so weird. It was just so weird. And it was too weird for me. And I thought, I want to write something that is similar to that, but then without the did she take a bunch of drugs? So that's what, you know, and I love that whole coming of age that, that he mm. tends to do. So that was my inspiration for that. Mm. And um, that's where Got Your Tongue basically started. Because I was like, okay. I'm going to do this coming of age story thing and that. And where does Alaria fit into this? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> I uh, It's actually something I wrote a long time ago. And then rewrote 10 million times. Uh, and it's dark fantasy. It, it, it's not tied to anything because it's actually a fantasy world. Uh, Alaria is um, about this girl who grows up uh, or who's taken by a swamp witch. Uh, oh, wow. And well, she's actually given by her stepfather to the swamp witch he's he, who buys her of him and uh the swamp witch has transformed her into something that's almost an animal and at one point uh she believes that she she's getting rescued by this sort of half uh breed almost fairy type guy uh except then she finds out that he didn't actually rescue her he's just going to sell her on the slave market because she's worth a lot of money and it's it's um i wanted to write a young adult novel and there is a hint of romance in there which is something that is not my strong suit so uh one of the critic criticisms i got from my better reader she was like oh i love the romance you needed to put so much more of that in there and, and it needed to go further and and they needed to have sex and i was like but i'm, I'm trying to write a young adult novel here so i, I left the sex part out and i just <laughs> kept it to heavy flirting and and the romance makes me very uncomfortable so it's it's quite dark again there's there are parts in there that i thought can i get away with this for a young adult novel because yeah, I, I i tend to have a little bit of darkness in my writing so that happened to Larry as well <laughs> so 
so so talk to us a bit about where talk to us a little bit about the you mentioned the you mentioned you know the the self-publishing piece and you mentioned like how to get the book and getting the beta readers mm -hmm. now so talk to us about how you're able to uh, i guess when you're like the, your creative process is this something where you're a notebook person or do you wall off time to get things written how do you how do you get the books written I'm I'm very chaotic, uh, so I make a zillion notes, and they're everywhere. And I'll make them on my phone. I'll send myself emails. I have all these notebooks that are just inconsistent, and then I try to find where I put the notes, and I can never find anything again because I am I'm Captain Chaos. Um, at one point, I actually started using um, to, to to sort out timelines. I started using post-it notes and just putting them like on my door so that at least I had a timeline. Because one of the worst things I find about plotting is your timeline. It can get really wonky. And in the beginning, I tried to get away with just not using that much timeline and try to sort of avoid it as much as possible. And then I got a lot of critique from better readers and, and, and also from editors like, yeah, but this makes no sense. How, how long? What, what, are, what are we looking at? Does this happen in, mm. in a week? Does this happen in like a year? What's going on here? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to be a little bit more specific, aren't I? It's hard. It's very hard. But I'm a note taker. I write, eventually I write things slightly as a timeline on my um, computer on like a, a paper and I have a lot of sort of documents that uh, say things like okay the backgrounds of characters and especially if you write series write down things that seem insignificant about your characters but like eye color and things like that otherwise you're gonna have to reread your whole book just to find out oh god what did they look like again you will forget especially if it's been like a year since you've written them and they're insignificant characters that you don't see that often you know so, but yeah, I, um, and then I start writing and I used to write one chapter at a time and then I would save that one chapter, but that was just so messy. So now I just write one document and, and that's how I go basically. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, so we're, we're getting up close to the, to the hour already, uh, Chantal. So this was, this was good. Uh, do you have, uh, what, what other advice would you give for, you mentioned some other, you mentioned some other pieces of, of the publishing part of it. What's some, what's some advice would you give to, uh, uh, to, to, to writers, um, on the actual process piece that you've, that you wish that somebody told you, uh, years ago? Okay, well, um, don't take rejection personally. I have, uh, you have to deal with rejection. As a writer, there are so many people out there that are also submitting. And it doesn't mean that your work is bad. It just means that that wasn't the right piece at the right time. And it doesn't even mean not all publishers have the time to read your work. So sometimes they just look at your theme and that's enough for them to go, sorry but no so it doesn't mean don't get discouraged by that because it's very easy and especially if you keep getting rejected it sucks you know we'll have that and especially if you apply to agents finding an agent is just tough uh they have like slush piles that are so big 
that, you know, I've had rejection letters where the people didn't even know what my name was. So I'm pretty sure they didn't read my thing. You know, it was just a dear author. You know, you have dear John uh, uh, yeah. letters, you have dear author letters as well. Um, so don't get discouraged. Um, take it very seriously. Uh, don't um, listen to the people that are critical. Seriously, it's not nothing personal. It is not that you suck, but everyone makes mistakes in their writing and you're going to want to learn. You do not start off perfect. You might think you do. You might think you're fantastic, but your first draft is always going to be ugly and uh, you have to work on making it pretty. You know, it, 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 it's just a fact. So, um, yeah, just keep going that just if you really love this it is really hard work to write to write a proper book it is hard work so don't get discouraged by that either and if you don't want to do the work then just write for fun and don't write to be professional because it, it's going to be disappointing for you so mm. you have to want to do the work mm. excellent good thank you chantal uh now you so where can people find you if they want to they want to uh, see more of your work. I, okay. Well, I've recently started a, uh, a website, which I think you're showing right now, which yeah, is yeah. just uh, chantalnordloge.com. And uh, all my work is on Amazon. Uh, so uh, hopefully uh, in the near future, we'll be working on an audiobook as well, because that's one of my bucket list items. So that's something that I want to look into. And I think maybe for Coyote or something and, and get that out there. But for now, Amazon is the best way to sell your books. So uh, I have made it into a brick and mortar shop, which was one of the highlights for me of my writing. One of my favorite shops here in the Netherlands was actually selling my book, which was oh, just cool. a dream come true. But it's very hard to get into brick and mortar uh, bookshops. So that's right. just uh, the thing. But yeah, Amazon, that's where you can find me. Yep, and you have a you have a Facebook page and your Twitter as I do. well. Yes, yeah. I'm I'm not as active there as I should be, but I'm yeah. hopefully soon again. So yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Well, thanks a lot, Chantel. This is uh this is um uh, this has been this has been great. Uh, it was it was fantastic talking with you. You got some great advice for for aspiring writers, and uh, it's and 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 as I say, your 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 books are have great reviews and people just the horror genre loves loves your books so well know. thank you so much for having me i had a lot of fun and um hopefully talk to you later excellent I, I'm grateful for them, but it's not like, you know, I didn't win like an Emmy or a Tony or anything else. And, <laughs> and I, I was quite chuffed how far I got in the stokers because, uh, you know, I, I didn't have, uh, I don't know a lot of people in that world. And the fact yeah. that people were actually voting for my book was really lovely. It's It was just, you know, because you feel like, people see you and that's what you want as an author you want people to 
you know, see your right. stuff and want to read you. You want that passion right. because that's what you put in your novels. Right. That's good. And you said, so I <laughs> chuffed. Does that, what does that mean? I, I've been... Oh, right. Sorry. I, I had my English education <laughs> in England. Uh, chuffed is uh, flattered. Oh, okay. I'm very flattered right. and very happy about it. It's a sort of a combination between flattered and happy. Oh, chuffed. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna bring that to Vermont. Then we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna start making people say chuffed. It's, That'd be good. It's a good word. It's a good word. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah.